0: in everybody happy new year this is the glass city game time podcast as always i am your host Corey christen and this week we are joined by blade sports writer mark monroe how's it going mark happy new year to you
1: hey Corey, happy new year to you man Uh, everything's going you know as as well as it can be right now a lot up in the air and uh unfortunately today on this podcast we're going to be talking about uh the cancellation of toledo walleye hockey so it's a uh, lot disappointed people around here and uh including myself. It has not been a slow news week here
0: in Toledo between starting with the walleye, of course, which is what this podcast is going to focus on, talking about the Cleveland Browns making the postseason. Congrats to them, round of applause. Uh first time in eighteen years. The Detroit Lions still rebuilding since nineteen fifty seven. Um oh by the way, the Cleveland Indians traded Francisco Lindor in case you missed it. So uh, has not been a slow news week here. Uh, in Toledo when it comes to at least professional sports. Ah, don't um, forget
1: uh, Jim Harbaugh there, Corey, uh, the Jim Harbaugh news yeah. A lot going on in the sports world and otherwise.
0: The Ohio State fans are probably throwing a separate parade in Columbus for that but that's neither here nor there today as we are <laughs> going to talk plenty of Toledo walleye hockey and Mark earlier this week we learned that The Walleye organization is opting out of the 2021 ECHL season. Ongoing ramifications of the coronavirus pandemic cited, uh, more specifically, quote-unquote, COVID-19 attendance restrictions. So what this basically means, and of course you have all of the information on this, is the bottom line is going to be hard to be met, even if the Walleye are allowed to welcome fans into the Huntington Center. So let's kind of start with that. The decision to opt out of the season, then, of course, the trickle-down effects from all of this. When did we kind of learn that this was going to happen? And then, obviously, they put the plan into motion this week.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, as we talked here before we, we went on here to the podcast, It, on one hand, it, it's not surprising. But on the other hand, um, they were making every attempt they could to uh, continue to play. They, the walleye had pushed their – potential start date back twice in order to try to see if things with this coronavirus pandemic could would calm down to the point where they could have enough fans in the seats. And I know they they pretty much did all they could before having to pull the plug on Tuesday uh, when it was announced that uh, the two teams that were left to decide whether they would play this season were uh, Fort Wayne, Comets, the Walleye's rival, and, and, of course, Toledo. And uh, Toledo opted out, and Fort Wayne will play on. Uh, there's some controversy about that some you know people are wondering why one team can and one team can't but uh, basically what the walleye people have said is that the financial stability of the organization depends upon attendance like it is for every team at this level of hockey I mean their their survival is is dependent upon the gate and upon concessions and merchandise and you can't only have a limited amount of people in this in the stands, which is the way it was going to work out here at the Huntington Center. They just didn't think they could make a go of it. So, uh, the the way the numbers worked out, the last I heard was that they would be allowed to have one thousand one hundred and fifteen people in the Huntington Center, which seats seven thousand four hundred thirty one. And usually, as you know, Corey, the support here they sell out that stadium, that arena, um, pretty much every night these days. So, they just did the Final numbers crunch balanced, of course, with the safety of everybody. And, you know, that's still up in the air, too, according to them. You know, they were hoping that this uh, vaccine would be in place and enough people would have it, that they uh, could have some system in place where, um, again, they could have enough people. But, um, you know, they ultimately decided to cancel the season. And really, I want to say this is it affects so many people that I've gotten to know over the years, not just the players and the coaches but the staff members, the concession workers, just restaurants downtown, it affects the livelihood of so many people that it's just, it's a tough decision. Not just, oh, we can't watch hockey this year. Uh, We'll get over that. And we can talk about that later. We've had points in the city's history where we haven't had hockey, but it's just these people that depend on walleye hockey for their livelihood suddenly saw it pulled out. And it's been like that since March. So bottom line is, mostly I I feel terrible for for the people that are directly affected by the decision. There's a ton to unpack with this
0: news coming out about the walleye opting out of the season. You mentioned first and foremost, the issue of meeting that bottom line and having just around 1100 fans into the Huntington center would not enable the walleye to make a profit. This is still a business. Sports is still a business. And we certainly experienced this with the budhens last year as well. And, not just the mud hens, but all of minor league baseball. This is the nature of profit in minor league sports. It has a lot to do with merchandise and concessions and ticket sales. The fact that the walleye kind of said, "Okay, we we really shouldn't do this. You know, it's a tough pill to swallow in a lot of different ways, as you laid out, and a lot of people are being affected by this one way or another, and those that do work for both the walleye in the winter and then eventually the mud hens in the summer, you know this is another hit for them, so you can't help but to think, Um, about those people that are affected as well. We talk about what Toledo hockey is and what it represents and the history of Toledo hockey, not just with the walleye. There has been periods of time where Toledo has not had hockey and the town has shown that it can recover from it. The walleye front office has done a great job of reinforcing the fact that, hey, Toledo hockey will be back. These are circumstances that are not being controlled by the team, obviously. This isn't a financial issue in regards to the franchise's stability. This is a once in quite literally a century experience. What have Joe Napoli and and the Walleye Brass been saying about this situation, and what's the reassurance for Walleye fans that this is only a temporary thing just because of the ongoing pandemic?
1: Yeah, they've made it clear that they're (laughs) – their, their efforts are now focused on coming back in October, you know, getting everything in place for that. And, and when you have a, a season ticket fan base of, of close to 3,000, those are the devoted fans that are, are likely coming back either way. I'm sure you're going to lose some, but there's only been since 1947, I had a story in the paper the other day, uh, there's only been eight years um, where the, the walleye, where hockey hasn't been played. In, in the city and it and it's always come back strong. The one that I can remember just, uh, I covered the last two years of the storm and there was a, a 2007 was the end of that franchise. And there was a hiatus in between their quarry where it was two years where they were building the Huntington Center. And I just remember just the anticipation and building and growing. And when that place finally opened after two years without hockey, it was bananas. It was that opening night at the Huntington Center when the walleye made their debut in 09, uh, was phenomenal. And then hasn't, I mean, they had some lean years as far as on the ice and the, but the support was always still there. Now over the last five or six years, they've built in what's become really the flagship franchise in the ECHL success on the ice. Um, they have not won the Kelly cup yet. And that's one thing that I know, um, I can't one day we'll see it happen. There's no doubt. I, I mean, I suppose, uh, who knows, but, um, I, th- I think that the success on the ice has, has led to success, you know, seats in the state, uh, people in the seats. And uh, this franchise is in better shape than I almost any in the ECHL. So they're assuring the fans that they'll come back stronger than ever in October and Winterfest is slated to come back, uh, you know, at the end of December here. And uh, so there's a lot to look forward to. It's going to be a tough, long wait, but uh as I said, I think uh, hockey's going to come back stronger than ever. The support will be there.
0: This is from uh, Walleye team president and CEO Joe Napoli, reading this directly, quote, "The walleyes financial stability is dependent upon attendance and the generosity of local sponsors. After much discussion, we have decided to turn our focus to a safe, healthy, and successful 2021 twenty two season. We are heartbroken for our fans, our players our employees and the downtown Toledo neighborhood that depends upon the success of the walleye and quote again from Joe Nathalie, the team's president and CEO. So Mark, the effects based on the walleye punting on the season. Now we get to talk about all of that and from a player and coach and from a team perspective, a lot of last year's cast was scheduled to come back and play for Toledo this year. They were going to have a strong case to make a run to the Kelly cup finals. once again. Uh, just as they were kind of on a track to do last year before the rest of the season got canceled. Talking to coach Dan Watson and some of the players, you know, what's next for the players and even for Watson, uh, now that they're not going to have a season this year.
1: Yeah. First of all, uh, that roster was loaded. The, Mm -hmm. The roster that Dan Watson put together, I think was comparable to the 2018 19 team that made the run to the Kelly cup finals. There was a lot of excitement, rightfully so couple of really young, good goaltenders, Billy Christopoulos and Trevor Gorsuch. And then you got these veterans, uh, Shane Bershbeck, an all-time leader in almost every category of forward who's been here for, I think he was going to start his seventh year. Kyle Bonus, I, I, I could go down the roster. The point is they were primed to make a nice run, I believe, again, even if they would have played the shortened 50-game season, which um, you know they had said all along, I think the players from the ones I talked to were pretty uh, shocked, disappointed would be the words. And because uh, they had been told all along um, that they, you know, that they would be back. We're coming back. We're coming back. Stick with us. And this is really no fault of the walleye organization. I don't think there was any, uh, you know, they didn't mean to mislead anybody, the players, the fans, anybody. They tried to do everything, but really the, the players were kind of left holding the bag. I have to say a guy like Kyle Bonus who has played for the city for five or six years just wanted to make one last go of it. He, you know, uh, he was already contemplating retirement and unfortunately the decision led him to retire. So it's, uh, it's tough to see guys like that have to go out. We would hope that he could go out uh, playing in front of the crowd and, you know, hearing that reaction, but he, you know, these guys don't make a ton of money. He's got to do what's right by his family. And then he got to like guy like Shane Birschback who, Again, he's got young kids and, uh, um, you know, I don't know, he's not going to retire, I don't believe, but I also don't believe he's going to play. And to your question, what do these players do now? Dan Watson, Coach Dan Watson has been forthcoming and telling them that he's going to do everything he can to help them catch on with another team. There's uh, half the teams are still going to play this this season in the ECHL, uh, about half, and um, the only problem with that, Corey, is that all these rosters, there's just a limited marketplace now because these teams have had a set roster since they started play, most of them since December. So uh, the fact of the matter is there's just not many spots for these guys to land. So it's the young guys that, you know, you hope to see them get some time. Hopefully they will catch on somewhere. I've kind of been keeping tabs on it. I have not yet seen any walleye player, uh, Sign with another team. The the ECHL uh, made them all free agents instantly when the walleye decided to suspend operations. So they're freely able to go sign with any other team. But again, it's so far along in the process it's going to be difficult for them to find new jobs.
0: So thirteen teams began play on December eleventh, including Indian Wheeling in the uh, Central Division that plays with along with Toledo, Cincinnati, Idaho, Kalamazoo. Said they are suspending play, and of course we know about Fort Wayne, like you mentioned. And is there anything within the league rules, or maybe within contracts for these players, that say they can or can't go anywhere else? Is there any kind of stipulation regarding this? Is there force majeure in some kind of way? What can we see with some of these players? We know the Kyle bonus, like you said, he's he's retired already. Perhaps a couple other players could go look to play elsewhere. What's the market realistically for players that are on the walleye roster that maybe want to go play elsewhere?
1: Yeah, again, it's it's definitely limited as to where, where they can go now because these rosters are all taken up. But the high-end players, I mean, I could see uh, some teams looking at the walleye roster and saying, hey, I wouldn't mind to have this guy. But then they have to cut another guy. And the ECHL teams are limited to a number set number of, uh, of players uh, that's – has changed and they've altered a lot of their rules Corey, due to the coronavirus pandemic as far as they have a commissioner's exemption list for those that get coronavirus so there may be who knows maybe a team has a massive outbreak of coronavirus and uh all of a sudden they need players and while i certainly have these guys that are now free agents i will say this i think there is also a stipulation in there that if these players do go sign with another team this year that the walleye retain the rights to them that's an important thing i think people see oh no so and so is going to play for fort wayne and you feel it. maybe you've lost them forever and maybe you have because some of these players aren't happy with what went on but uh the walleye do have uh, retain the rights i believe that's true and uh There's also, Corey, another possibility the AHL, as we talked before we went on here, is is getting back into play. So they're contingent upon the NHL, and the NHL is doing something with scout teams, which I'm not entirely clear as to, you know, I think they're going to have to fill these scout teams, Corey, with uh, players from the AHL team. So in my mind, that might open up some opportunities for these upper-end ECHL players to maybe land a spot on these AHL rosters. So for Toledo, the obvious move would be up to Grand Rapids, the Walleye's uh, AHL affiliate.
0: By the way, this is happening across quite a large chunk of the ECHL. Uh, the entire, as far as I'm concerned, the entire North Division not opted out. Worcester, Maine, Reading, Newfoundland, Adirondack, Brampton, they all opted out. The Walleye were the last franchise to opt out. They were in the suspension program, the walleye were, and they were trying to get it going in February. So it's not like the walleye didn't try to keep it off and and try to play and try to get a team out there. It's just the simple fact of the matter is it just can't happen right now. And the walleye are not the only organization that are floating in this boat right now. So here's the crazy thing also. The walleye still defending conference champions. Now it will be over at a point where they will eventually get back onto the ice it will be over two years before they have a tangible chance at defending their conference championship, which is just ballistic to think in any major professional sports world. So there's also that. And, uh, of course, Dan Watson, you've spoken to him at length over everything about what's going on. What are some of the players that you have spoken with said about this whole situation? Obviously they're disappointed, but what are they saying as far as the context is concerned?
1: Well, a lot of these guys, again, they're playing for the love of the game. Um, so a lot of them have already had to try to find ways to supplement their income. Um, and most of them run hockey camps, clinics, stuff like that. So once the arena started opening back up, up in Michigan, and particularly a lot of the walleye players are from Michigan. Um, I think they were able to get back to some of that to supplement their income. But again, they're kind of left high and dry a bit as far as playing this year. I mean, Again, they're going to try to find a, a spot for these guys, but it's going to be difficult at this point. So it's tough uh, for them to bide their time, but I'm sure, uh, you know, if there's AHL spots open, they'll, they'll go up there and play. And uh, I don't know, a guy like Captain TJ Hensick, uh, I've reached out to him. I, I know he was already contemplating retirement. Uh, he's the former University of Michigan player who played in the NHL and was kind of uh, making a. Uh, um his last appearances here uh for the walleye just for the love of the game again so he I imagine he's seriously contemplating retirement and, uh, this year's roster kind of was a pretty big mix of uh, young guys all the way up to veterans so they all kind of just have to weigh where they're at I suppose and uh I imagine most of them will bide their time and just wait and come back and play next year uh, and if an opportunity comes along this year I imagine the problem with that, Corey, also is the only team that's really relatively close. Only teams that are still playing in the ECHL would be Fort Wayne, and you've got the Indy Fuel. I mean, that's still pretty far away from most of these people, uh, it's their home hometown. So um, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, I know all the Walleye fans sure would hate to see these uh, guys go over to the comment Comets, you know, the rival Comets, to go play for them. But uh, everybody's in a tough spot, so. Hopefully, uh, you know, these, what, nine months now we're away from hockey coming back. It's hard to imagine if I'm doing the math right. But, yes, yeah, it's, it's tough for everybody.
0: We hope it's nine months. That's definitely sure, of course. Um, as we've come to know over these last ten months or so here, nothing is for sure that's that's give it guaranteed tomorrow or a month from now or three months from now, whatever it may be. And, uh, again, uh, Joe Napoli going back to his quotes about just kind of why the walleye decided and the organization decided to punt on the season. Again, the concept of having attendance, the concept that um, a vaccine distribution, and it's been national news now that a distribution of the coronavirus vaccine, there are multiple uh, you know, companies that are rolling out vaccines now. And the distribution, based on a lot of uh, experts' projections, has been relatively slow. So I don't know if that, how much that has to play into it. Obviously, the bottom line, Again, is that a uh, a small fraction of fans would have been allowed into the Huntington Center, and that just wasn't enough to make a profit for the walleye. So, we'll see. I hope that we can get through this in in a way where we can have hockey in Toledo again uh, for the next season. But right now, that's that's not the case, and uh, we just kind of have to hold out and hope for the next for the next go around here.
1: So much going on. Everything is up in the air. You're hoping maybe the calendar would turn and, and things would start to. brighten up and there's and there's some signs of obviously this vaccination is is huge and I think uh, you know hopefully at some point Corey will look back on this and say man that was probably the most difficult times of our lives but hey we're back to normality and maybe it makes us stronger and um, you know appreciate you know what I will say this Corey it's made me appreciate uh, hockey more really I mean I miss it I miss going down there. I posted a, a video on Twitter the other day of the 2019 playoffs with the crowd. And it just kind of sent chills down my spine. Like, man, I'm not going to see that for a long time. And just to be part of that, a small part that I play, it's, it's, it's tough. There's no question about it. It was a very tough day. And uh, we'll just have to bide our time. Brighter days are ahead.
0: I started working here at the Blade in September of 19. So I got to experience a little bit of the walleye in that in that regular season. I went to a couple of games and I remember the one, it was an afternoon game, one of the school games, where the, the organization obviously welcomes in a a lot of students, a lot of grade school students, and they have their school day and it's an event for them. Little did I know, and I've gone to like the school day events in minor league baseball parks. I went to school at Syracuse where there's a triple A baseball team, the same league the international league that the mud hens play in and it wasn't anything crazy for the baseball ballparks little did i know is that that's because it was outside and sound leaves the stadium not at the huntington center sound gets trapped in the huntington center Corey. that's how science works my eardrums were ringing three days after i went to that game that's how loud that place got it was a lot of fun and the game was really good Unfortunately, they didn't sell beer at the concession stands that day, but I got through it. Um, <laughs> but it was a blast. I, I, I yeah. can see why, you know, I learned firsthand. I could see why uh, this hockey team is very important to the people around here.
1: Oh, absolutely. Those are, those are, uh, you must have, uh, you have to have earplugs for those games. Everybody in the press box, that's you need a, that's a requirement for those school kids. Oh man. that but. Generally, almost every night. You could even on a Wednesday anymore. The last couple of years, the place is pretty much full, and it's a great atmosphere. And hockey, for me, I'm always been a big hockey guy. There's no sport like hockey live. I know you've probably heard this before, but oh yeah. In order to really appreciate the nuances and the action and the speed of the sport, you have to be there live. And unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do that here at the Huntington Center this year.
0: I mean, I grew up, of course, on the other side of the state near Youngstown. So going down to see the Pittsburgh Penguins play was, you know, I didn't get to do it much as a kid, but towards my late teenage years, early college years, all of that, got down to a couple of Penguins games. Obviously, they made runs to the Stanley Cup. They were, they've been a great team ever since Sidney Crosby graced his presence in the city of Pittsburgh. I enjoy sports like hockey and basketball, even baseball to a degree. I enjoy sitting up top, seeing plays develop, seeing the puck move or seeing in basketball the ball move across the court. I enjoy seeing things develop. I enjoy seeing the crowd reactions. I like that atmosphere a lot. So every level, realistically, of sports like that. Baseball, yeah, you might want to sit close to so you can see the action a little bit better. But even baseball, you can see how, how defenses shift. You can see how, you know, everything kind of lines up. So, um, But, yeah, I th- I'm right there with you. That's how I feel about baseball.
1: No, go ahead. No, speaking of baseball, let's hope the mud hens can provide a little bit of a, a gap, fill that gap there in between, uh, you know, the walleye. Hopefully, you know, being outside, again, as you mentioned, maybe that uh, opens up. And then we'll be far left along, hopefully, with the vaccinations that we'll get a whole uh, mud hen season in. And, again, let's get back to normalcy, right, Matt?
0: Yeah, that's what we all want. That would be, what, about three months from now when we see a potential mud hen season, things we're hoping – just as we learn th- new things every day, uh, things also move along every day. So hopefully we're in a position in a few months here where we can get to 5th, 3rd field. Me moving to Toledo, it was exciting because I knew obviously the Mud Hens were here and then reading about them and how important they are to this city and this community. I was excited to visit 5th, 3rd field. Obviously haven't gotten that opportunity yet, but um, I'm very excited to get down to the ballpark once that
1: awesome. once the Mud Hens do come back. We're really enjoying yeah, that. I yeah. will say that one thing that... So, Toledo sports fans are, are – uh, we're lucky to have two world-class – world-class may be strong – major league facilities downtown, both the Huntington Center and third field are the best you're going to get for this level of minor league sports. So, someday we'll be no back.
0: No question about it. It's just we're we are all, I think, at this point chomping at the bit. You know, we're all at this point kind of, okay, let's go. You know, but uh, there's still effort to be put forward to to the – Ongoing pandemic and the situation around us—it's—it's it's nothing easy to come out of. And we're learning now that we're recording this on January eighth, and when the calendar hit January first, things just didn't reset. You know, right. there's still a lot of work to be done. So, um just hoping we could get out of this again as safely as possible. I think we've been saying it for months now, and uh, we're all hoping that we can not just get back to mudheads baseball, uh, but also hope we could get back to walleye hockey in in next fall and next winter. So. Mark, is there anything else you wanted to mention here before we get out? Uh, anything no. surrounding the walleye and, and and what's going on there and anything maybe we can, I don't know, what's the silver, is there any silver linings we could draw to this? What can we no. hang our hat on? Anything
1: yeah. you have for us? Probably go full circle on it and back to the point where hockey's going to be back. And again, it, we'll look back on this hopefully and say, man, that was tough, but we got through it. And uh, I think, again, it's going to make us appreciate it more when we come back to it. So I guess just try to be patient and support each other because there's people out there hurting really. And uh, let's make it through it together. And uh, sports, you know, is a, is a way of bringing everybody together. So uh, I can't wait to the puck drops uh, in October to the start of the, another walleye season.
0: That's also a way to separate people. If you want to talk about rivalries, I mean, Shoot, this week we got, obviously, Ohio State and uh, Alabama in the college football playoff final. We got uh, the Browns and the Steelers facing each other in the NFL playoffs. Uh, again, the Lions are rebuilding still uh, since 1957, but um, it's, a, it's a wild week in Toledo sports and really throughout the whole world, and uh, we're glad that those of you listening in can take time to join us this week. Mark, thanks for the insight as always, and I'm sure we'll be in touch here pretty soon on everything.
1: Thanks, Corey. I really enjoyed it. We'll uh, see you down the road, buddy.
0: Absolutely. You got it. There you go. And those of you listening in, once again, thanks for taking time to do so this week. We greatly appreciate it. We know this is a very tough time for a lot of people. And as long as we here on Glass City Game Time can keep entertaining and keep you informed on what's going on, uh, then I think we're doing our job pretty well. So once again, thanks for tuning in this week. If you enjoyed the show, you can find us every week, uh, most weeks, on ToledoBlade.com, on Blade News and of course, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Just search Glass City Game Time and you will find us. Also, please feel free to leave a like and subscribe. Those go a lot further than you might think. So, for Mark Monroe, my name is Corey Christen. This has been the Glass City Game Time Podcast. I'll talk to you soon.